It is the glory of God to conceal a matter. To search it out is the glory of kings. This is the Message to Kings podcast. Episode 270, The Calling of the First Apostles. After the temptation, Jesus returns to the Jordan River, and we see Jesus calling his first disciples, John and Andrew, followed by Peter, Philip, and Nathaniel. In this episode, we get a first-glimpse account of Jesus and his disciples face-to-face and his powerful ministry in the Spirit. John 1, 29, the next day, John saw Jesus coming toward him and said, look, the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. Then John gave this testimony in John 1, 32, I saw the Spirit come down from heaven as a dove and remain on him, and I myself did not know him, but the one who sent me to baptize with water told me, the man on whom you see the Spirit come down and remain is the one who will baptize with the Holy Spirit. I have seen and I testify that this is God's chosen one. Later, Jesus would call John the Baptist the greatest of the prophets. In my only explanation of this really is the fact that, you know, John the Baptist, he didn't do miracles, he didn't do signs, he didn't do wonders, but he had this revelation that Jesus was the Lamb of God. And he was the final prophet sent by God to confirm just this very fact. And he was the forerunner, and he was the one who prepared the way. So John and many disciples, two of them took notice, and they start to follow Jesus. John 1.35, The next day John was there with two of his disciples. And when he saw Jesus passing by, he said, Look, the Lamb of God. And when the two disciples heard him say this, they follow him. Turning around, Jesus saw them following and says, What do you want? They said, Rabbi, which means teacher, where are you staying? Come, he replied, and you will see. So they went and saw where he was staying, and they spent that day with him. It was about four in the afternoon. So most scholars point to the other disciple here being John. So this is Andrew and John. And this is the youngest of the disciples, and he's also the author of the book of John and then the book of Revelation. The two fishermen here are the first called. John's come and see... It's more like a figure of speech to me. It's uh, part of like a you know fast-forward, transitional statement, a movement of faith as these disciples did just that. They come and they, they follow, and they come and see, and they follow Jesus. Peter has an equivalent. He says, come and follow me. And everyone knows this is kind of abbreviated. Um, if you want to know what could have happened, watch maybe the first season of The Chosen. There's seven episodes. It includes the calling of Mary and Peter and others. Um, We have to know that there was days on end of this testimonies of how he meets his disciples, how he gets to know his disciples and why they follow them. Um, You know, the Chosen does a good job of working in the stories 
um, and the dialogues and what it could have been like. Um, it's abbreviated, but we do get a glimpse coming up here with the calling of Nathaniel where we actually get more of a conversation. Next, Andrew leads Jesus to Peter, uh, where we start to get into Jesus' supernatural insight. John 1.40, Andrew, Simon Peter's brother, was one of the two who heard what John had said and who had followed Jesus. The first thing Andrew did was to find his brother Simon and tell him, we have found the Messiah, that is the Christ, and he brought him to Jesus. Jesus looked at him and said, you are Simon, son of John, you will be Cephas, which when translated is Peter. All right, let's dive in right here. You got to love this. At this very moment, Jesus meets his future lead apostle or disciple, the one who will take on the church after him. And the extra dialogue we have here is limited. But in the end, we have a solid statement, and that's really all we need. You are Simon. The word Simon actually means reed. A reed blows in the wind and is moved by everything around it. The wind, the waves, the winds that carry forth from whatever direction is where the reed goes. Short, fused, quick to speak and act. That's Peter, Jesus declares. But Jesus looks him in the eye and he says, You are Cephas, which means Peter. And it also means rock. This weak man of strong passions with little conviction will be known for his strong faith, determination, steadfast spirit, and faith in an unmovable God. This is heaven's perspective. Jesus has prophetic vision. He gives him a word of wisdom into his future and speaks a prophetic destiny over Peter. He meets a weak reed and he'll be turning him into a rock. I get the feeling Peter is amazed at Jesus, at his words, his teaching, his faith. He follows him, but he doesn't truly believe he's the Messiah. This actually won't happen until the famous catch later. It's when he gets on his knees um, after the, um, the catch is when you see that uh, Peter is ready for a true repentance. And obviously Peter's going to fall other times as well and get on his knees, but um, we see a, a truer conviction, a truer um, repentance later. But now he's following Jesus. He's clearly following Jesus, and Jesus has Peter's attention. But let's not miss Jesus' heavenly vision of perspective. The God above time and space sees Peter's future. And this is what he speaks to, as if he can draw into the present that future destiny sooner. And let's keep this focus on Jesus' ministry style and the vision for his people. Remember David back at about four or five years ago in the, when we were doing the podcast? When David met, made those giant killers out of common people, Jesus would make world changers from the least likely of society, and he starts with fishermen. And this is just God's way. John 1, 46, The next day Jesus decided to leave for Galilee. Finding Philip, he said to him, Follow me. Philip, like Andrew and Peter, was from the town of Bethsaida. Philip found Nathanael and told him, We have found the one Moses wrote about in the law, and about whom the prophets also wrote, Jesus of Nazareth, the son of Joseph. Okay, now we enter this powerful exchange with Nathanael. Uh, many scholars believe this is actually Bartholomew. 
And if you compare the lists of disciples and their order in the other Gospels, uh, you can see Nathaniel's not in those lists, but Bartholomew is. And even the order kind of correlates that this is actually Bartholomew um, because Nathaniel was not his actual primary name. Now, Nathaniel questions if anything good can come out of Nazareth because he was from Cana, which is four miles south of Nazareth. John 1, 46. Nazareth, can anything good come from there? Nathaniel asked. Come and see, said Philip. So Nathaniel's questioning who this Jesus is. He's doubting and believing um, and deceit and lies, right? Nothing comes from this tiny little town in the mountains. Nothing good comes from there. And instead, right, Jesus is going to speak the opposite. He's not going to call him a um, one who believes lies or um, has false judgments. In fact, he, he flips it, just like he did with Peter. John 1, 47. When Jesus saw Nathanael approaching, he said, Here truly is an Israelite in whom there is no deceit. This is just like Peter. Jesus is speaking the opposite of what he is seeing and hearing. He has heaven's perspective, and he says, Here you are, Nathanael. You lack deceit. You don't have false judgment. You're one of those guys I could really trust. You're amazing. I can see you're, you're the kind of guy who, who just only believes in truth. Quite the opposite of what he was actually saying just previously. John 1, 48. How do you know me? Nathaniel asked. Jesus answered, I saw you while you were still under the fig tree before Philip called you. Then Nathaniel declared, Rabbi, you are the son of God. You're the king of Israel. Jesus said, You believe because I told you I saw you under the fig tree? You will see greater things than that. He then added, Very truly, I tell you, you will see heaven open and the angels of God ascending and descending on the Son of Man. Isn't this powerful? Jesus gives the word of knowledge to Nathaniel, I saw you under the fig tree. And Nathaniel's response is sheer faith. And Jesus actually seems amazed at his response. And he's like, You believe because I said I saw you? And then Jesus blesses his faith by saying Nathaniel's eyes will be open and we'll see angels ascending and descending on the Son of Man. And I believe that moment, Nathaniel could have been given like the gift of the seer at the moment. And that would have been cool, but, but there's a deeper, profound meaning that's evident here if you kind of compare the scriptures. Jesus' answer is that he will see heaven open and the angels of God ascending and descending on the Son of Man. And this ties directly towards Genesis 28.12 in Jacob's dream. Genesis 28.16 When Jacob awoke from his dream, he thought, Surely the Lord is in this place, and I am not aware of it. He was afraid and said, How awesome is this place that is none other than the house of God, which is the gate of heaven. Early the next morning, Jacob took the stone he had placed under his head and set it up as a pillar and poured oil on top of it. He called that place Bethel, though the city used to be called Luz. Jesus himself is the gate of heaven. He's the head of the church, and we are the body, and the angels ascend and descend based upon the prayers of the saints. The body, which is the church of God, will be birthed at Pentecost, and it will be the gate of heaven, the house of God, the church, which will empower to carry on God's work. It's amazing. It's acts and words of faith like Nathaniel pull out these great revelations. And we'll, we'll see amazing testimonies for people who actually speak in faith. They amaze Jesus. And he's looking for faith. This is a, He's looking all through the earth for those who speak and act in faith. 
So we conclude this episode, and we have to stay with this heavenly perspective and how Jesus called out the gold, if you call it that way. He called out the the treasure in Peter. He called out um, the treasure in Nathaniel. Um, and he, he pulled out his faith, and he pulled out and spoke over an identity in Peter that God above time and space knew the heart of Peter and Nathaniel's destiny. God looks ahead and past the time of the flesh and the times of lack of faith toward a future depending and fully, wholly devoted in faith to God. This is prophetic thinking. This is heavenly perspective. This is the vision of the future for our kids, our disciples, and everyone God has blessed you with. I think of Gideon hiding in the wine press, threshing wheat. Behold, you mighty warrior. What? No, he was a coward hiding, scared and afraid of his calling and those mighty camel-riding warriors. And when the angel shows and said, Behold, mighty warrior, that's how God saw him. And that's how God sees you. Don't be afraid. Don't be cowardly. Don't be deceitful. Don't be a reed blowing in the wind. God himself wants to encounter you, give you a new name, a new identity, and fill you with conviction and a powerful destiny. He desires to make you into a mighty army, a mighty warrior, a giant killer. If you don't believe me, get alone with God and ask him what his name is for you. Ask him how he sees you. The heart of heaven's perspective will wow you with his perspective and not the perspective of the world. Next, repent of the old ways of thinking and ask him to change your heart, your destiny, your purpose, your vision for the rest of your life. This is a promise from God. Ask and you'll receive. Seek, you will find. Knock and the door will be open to you. Thanks for joining us for this episode of Message to Kings. Please make sure to subscribe, like, review, or share your podcast on whatever platform you're listening to. Check out the website, messagetokings.com, or connect with us at messagetokings at gmail.com.